Oh, there's your LA ambulance. Oh, yeah. Whining in the background. There it goes, maybe. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. Oh, it's Mike. This week we're talking about Netflix's heroes who are no longer hired. <laughs> That's good. I didn't see that in the notes ahead of time. That was a good one, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, came <laughs> off the tip of the tip of the hat there. Uh, we're also going to go over our next best guess at the Avengers 4 trailer when it's going to come out. Yeah, we, do, we do what we can here. <laughs> I've got at least three dates written down, so we got to get close. Uh, yep. How the CW is giving comic book lovers their dream shows this, this time oh. around, Mike. I know you're a big fan of those and more. Oh, so CW. I have some very interesting CW news that happened uh, after we recorded last week, so I wanted to fill everybody in. Yeah. Uh, you want to start with that? Because the CW is uh, at the bottom of the show. I don't want you to forget. Oh, no, this is this is just this this is more of a this is more of an event that I went to. Okay. So um, after we got off the the podcast last week, uh, the wife and I went to a what we thought was going to be a panel of uh, female showrunners. Um, which is cool. It's actually something we've done before. You know, if you get on enough like emailing lists out here, you know, you just get invited to events, you know, where creatives kind of sit down in like a small theater and just kind of talk about what it's like to make TV shows. Um, you know, my wife likes to go to like female centric ones in Hollywood. You know, I go with her because, you know, it's really cool to see like these, uh, these women that are like basically like trying to like punch the patriarchy into the ground so they can get what they deserve out here in Hollywood. So we have been to some of these uh, female-centric uh, panels before. So we're like, all right, we got um, you know invite to go to one last week on Sunday. So uh, you know, just before we go, we you know we checked the dress code for it because we noticed that this one was on Warner Brothers lot, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool because I'd never been to the Warner Brothers lot before. Um, so, you know, we check to see if there's like a dress code to see what kind of event it is. You know, sometimes these can be kind of businessy, you know, since it's like a people in the industry and you want to make sure you're dressed okay. But, you know, it says dress casual. So, all right, we just kind of dress like our normal selves. We drive on to the lot and, you know, Andy starts to show me around a little bit, you know, because she does a lot of PA work around town and she's been on these studios all over town. She knows them all, you know, so she's pointing out things to me like, oh, that's that over there. That's this over there. And then like we turn the corner and we see where this venue is where we think this panel is about to be I'm expecting a small theater no it's big this big building on Warner Brothers lot I'm like what is going on and I start to see all these people outside that are dressed very, very nicely. And I'm just like, is that where we're going? If that's where we're going, we are totally underdressed <laughs> for whatever this is. So we show up and we check in and we get like little bracelets on. And this is already way above like just any sort of creator panel that we've ever been to around town. I'm like, what is going on here? So we, we kind of like walk in and I'm kind of intimidated by all these people like dressed really nice, like looking really good. And I'm just like, let's just get into this dark theater and sit down so I don't have to be so awkward. And like as we're walking in, I see um, um, the actress that plays Caitlin Snow on um, on The Flash just like greeting people as they walk in. And I'm just like, at first I'm like starstruck because I'm just like looking at this uh, woman who's in like one of my uh, favorite uh, superhero TV shows on network cable. And I'm just like, what, what is she doing here? I mean, like, I guess maybe she could be on this panel. You know, this is, you know, this is cool, whatever. So like, I kind of walk in and then um, as we're in the theater, like kind of getting settled into our seats, like I look over and like freaking Greg Berlanti is setting down in this in this theater too. I'm just like, okay, this is not just a normal panel anymore. We got like uh, the Berlanti, the man who has made all of these CW shows and makes millions and millions of dollars and has like 14 plus television shows on TV. Uh, so I don't even like I can't even comprehend what's going on right now. So we just kind of sit down and I'm just like. Me and uh, my wife are just like, we are totally underdressed. What is going on here? And then um, what ends up happening, what we find out very quickly 
after the president of the CW walks out into this podium right in front of it, we're, we're not at a normal just like little panel. We're at like a launch event where the CW was launching like this um, all-inclusive like hashtag promotion. <laughs> and this was the event that they were using to launch it. It was, it was like – it was weird. It was like this business synergy type of thing where they're like, oh, we – we are teaming up with this organization called She Authority, and we're launching this hashtag. And here's a sizzle reel with all the famous people that are on the CW and the sizzle reel talking about how the CW welcomes all types on the screen, and they show all of these different types of makeup of like of like humans on the screen. And I was like, this is what? Where am I at right now? And then they bring out this first panel of people, and it's all the actresses from all of the superhero shows at the CW. So you got Supergirl walking up on stage in front of me uh you got iris from the flash you got um like white canary there are some other people from legends of tomorrow that i'm not too familiar with two women from uh black lightning which i know looked familiar but i don't know their name off the top of my head so they just have this whole panel discussion about what it's like being like a woman like in hollywood and it was a really cool panel and then after that they bring out all of these like female showrunners and they're just kind of talking about what it's like to run a run a television uh, room and how you kind of move women up through the ranks to higher positions and I was like this is crazy this is like super cool like I can't believe that like this is uh, going on right now this is the most kind of like starstruck thing I've ever been to I wasn't even expecting to be at and then afterwards they close the whole thing down and they're just like alright everybody you can go outside now and uh, you can party so we walk out and it's like the middle of the day on Sunday and they have like cocktails and champagne and like an open bar with like free drinks it was like it was crazy it was the most like Hollywood thing I ever participated in and I'm not really connected <laughs> to Hollywood at all I mean my wife uh, works a little bit in the industry she's trying to work her way up in the ranks but we were both pretty starstruck I mean I got to meet the guy who plays Diggle on Arrow uh, like half of the cast from the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was there uh, uh, the, the two assistants to Melissa Benoist the actress that plays Supergirl kindly asked me to move out of the way <laughs> so they could take a picture of her in front of the bar because there was like a life-size standee of her like like as like a decoration in the middle of the bar and I was like oh my gosh I just got asked to move out of the way so Supergirl could take a picture and I was like oh but I wanted to be in the back of that picture so it was it was crazy man I was just like I gotta tell the podcast next week because I'm just like surrounded by um, all of these famous people and I just wasn't expecting it and it was really weird because like it was like this um, this mixture of all of these CW people. I was like, I've seen half of you people before on screen. A lot of you look familiar that I don't remember. Like all of like Arrow's crew from the most recent um, seasons were there. Like all of his like uh, superhero, I guess, uh, lackeys. Like uh, Wild Dog and the other guy that's like... Mr. Is it, like, it's not Mr. Fantastic, but whatever. It's like it is. Captain Terrific or something. Yeah. I don't know. Mr. What Terrific, it is, there it is. Yeah, I think so. Like he was there, and I was like, "This is crazy!" Like it's so weird. Like knowing that I'm watching you people on screen, and then now I'm like seeing you in person. Yeah, it was it was weird, man. It was crazy. I wasn't expecting to be there, so it was it was just happened happenstance that I, I landed into that. But I did. I I was there, so I was like, I gotta get like a little bit of like something, you know, for the podcast. No, I didn't put my phone in front of anybody I, and ask them. I, that's to really. Say. I mean, all <laughs> I asked him to do at this thing was like get someone saying, "Listen to superhero <laughs> sleep," but we didn't get. It. Yeah, but I got to uh, I got to talk to some of the people that are in the writers' room for the Flash. So, you know, we were chatting with them a little bit and I, you know, their first, the, their first episode of the season just premiered the other week. So I asked him, I was like, how quickly do you guys run to the internet to see what the response is? You know, cause I was like kind of curious, do they like to like take a step back? You know, do they just want to kind of work within their narrative bubble and make sure they're telling a story that they want to tell? Or do they go out and do they try to see what the audience is saying maybe like a week later? And they're like, oh no, we were there on the live Reddit thread when it was airing, watching what everybody was was saying so these people out there in the writers room for these tv shows uh i think it's safe to say even outside of arrow they are on the pulse of the internet so uh i guess uh if you're just shouting into the void on reddit somebody in a writer's room might be reading it yeah yeah make sure it's on the live feed though of the day of make sure you're putting it in there that's where they're yeah you, you, you gotta get your thoughts in there <laughs> maybe you can uh Maybe you can get uh your voice heard but yeah man it was wild man it was crazy i don't know if i'm gonna come across anything like that in the near future, but I had to share. It was so weird, man. Well, it, it, well, I could tell when you were texting me that you were like, you felt, 
I, I could feel the stiffness in you, like when you were texting <laughs> me, like I, you were like, I kind of don't know what to do, kind of thing. Uh, and I could feel that in our messages. So uh, yeah, we like walked out to this cocktail party. My wife and I are just kind of standing there, like, what do we do? Should we just go? Or I was like, no, we're not going. We're just going to stare at these famous people for a while. <laughs> and it was it was bizarre, man. But it was it was really cool. Hopefully, I can do more of that stuff in the future. Uh, right place at the right time, Mike. That's yeah. that's what I want to tell you there. Everybody I met was really really nice though. So props to props to the CW. They seem to foster a pretty good uh, environment. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. I don't. I don't have anything nearly as interesting as those to talk <laughs> about this week. Um, I did watch Beetlejuice from the what, late eighties. Oh, all right, all right. Um, because again, um, Danny El- Tim Burton, Danny Elfman, and Michael Keaton, who all teamed up for Batman, I believe maybe mm-hmm. before that or after that. I don't know where this fits in the timeline um, of releases, but uh, it, you could. I could feel that vibe. Of from that movie, in, uh, Batman in this, so I thought I thought that was really, really interesting uh, for, mm-hmm. for for Halloween. And then I think I watched Nightmare Before Christmas before I fell asleep one day. Uh, it's been one of those. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I've I've tried to just watch some newer stuff this week to unwind. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I saw one of my one of my first episodes of Hell's Kitchen ever this weekend. <laughs> oh wow! You've really been missing out on that section of pop culture. Yeah, it was live, so there was a lot of bleeps and not a lot of cussing. <laughs> so I was very disappointed. Or not live; it was on, on network television. Uh-huh. And, uh, that I, I don't know. I, I got I got no interesting stories this week, Mike. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Well, I, I'm sorry to say. I, I got one more to preface just before we jump into the news, just so people can maybe judge my uh, sense of uh, irritability. Um, <laughs> my wife was very, very sweet, and she scheduled a couple massage for us today at a new uh, massage place that we'd never been to before. Um, and we were, you know, looking forward to being like relaxed. And I thought, like, man, we're going to record the podcast right after this massage. Everything's just going to wash over me. I'm going to be extremely positive, and I'm going to be like, just you know, I'm going to be a okay with all the news that we get today. And then we go in, and little did we know that this massage place specializes in deep tissue massage <laughs> and they don't really have any other option that's their only like gear shift that they go into so we sit down not knowing and, oh my god it was like being in an abusive relationship like you know most massages the soothing ones you, you get a lot of palms you get a lot of the whole hands uh you know rubbing the muscles i got the we got the ends of the elbows and the thumbs just basically jabbed into our whole bodies for an hour and oh man it was a. Uh, it was torture. The only the only upside is I'm hoping it might be therapeutic and I'll feel better in the morning. But uh, this is not going to be good for the podcast. I'm going to be very negative about everything. So I was just poked and prodded for an hour. How how far into the massage did you realize? This was a deep tissue massage. That's my question to you. <laughs> well, so usually when I go get a massage and they get to my upper back, it's usually pretty tight and they end up going pretty deep anyway. So, you know, I'm okay with that. Um, and then in this massage, pretty quickly they started with the back. So I was like, oh, man, he's really getting in there. You know, good for him. You know, he's, you know, he's really fixing. He's really trying to fix me as a person. And then I was like, oh, you know, it's kind of rough. But maybe once he gets on to the next parts of my body, you know, it'll start to feel a little bit better. And then, nope, he moved on to like the neck, the arms. I didn't even know you could do deep tissue on my calf. But, oh, my God, I could barely walk around afterwards. So I'm a mess right now. So <laughs> it, it was like a it was like a slow burn of just like, I don't think I don't think this is supposed to feel good. Nope, this is never going to feel good. <laughs> this, that, that slow realization. Oh, uh, man. So uh, the moral of the story here is just uh, make sure you just know what you're getting into. Like massages are great. I know a lot of people don't often treat themselves to a massage because sometimes it can be a little pricey. But I mean, if you just go with like a classic, classic like Swedish massage, they're great. They're wonderful. Go get one of those. What about ones in the mall? Like the mall in the middle of the mall hallways? I think those would be – I've never gotten one before, but I think those are basically just like um, – they're just kind of relieve tension from like your shoulders and your neck. So I don't think they're really going deep tissue there. They're just trying to get you in and out in like 10 minutes. Oh, okay. they th- I think they're just trying to – they're just trying to hook you so the next time you come back to the mall, you get more. You can do it again. Yeah. All right. Mm. Well, uh, eight, as 14 minutes later, we're ready to talk about news, Mike. Let's get into <laughs> this. Uh, first and foremost, on Friday, Daredevil Season 3 dropped. Ooh, um, snuck up on us. I did. I have not got to watch this yet because it is my wife's birthday this weekend, not because I'm protesting this show <laughs> like the other other ones. Um, so my wife's birthday was this weekend, so we've kind of been out and about uh, literally all mm. weekend. Um, That's a perfectly fine excuse. Yeah, and so I have not got to see it yet. 
Uh, however, um, you've got to see one episode, and friend of the show, Brian Smith, watched the whole damn thing um, this weekend. So I want to go ahead and get your thoughts on, on what you thought, Mike, of, of this first episode. Yeah. Are you saying watch it, don't watch it? I don't oh, know. Definitely watch it. I just love the um, I just love the the themes that they play with in this first episode. I love seeing Matt Murdock back on screen. I love Charlie Cox. Um, there's actually not a whole lot that happens in this first episode, but they just do a great job making it really compelling. You know, um, obviously, if you know where we left off last with Daredevil, he was crushed by a building. So they actually move pretty quickly to kind of getting him back onto the screen and, you know, trying to get, you know, back on his feet. You know, I won't really uh, divulge any anymore, but I just love being back in the Daredevil universe. It just seems like within this first episode at least it just seems really stripped down and bare again you know not just him being back in his like classic season one suit but you know there's just not a whole lot of dangling threads at least in this very first episode so it just seems very straightforward of just like one man and his like superhero abilities you know just trying to get back out into the streets and it just felt like gritty you know it had like you know really punchy lines you know you didn't have any like goofiness you didn't have any mystic goofiness that you would get mm-hmm. from, you know, Iron Fist. You know, you didn't have any, like, almost unintelligible um, Jamaican accents, like in Luke Cage Season no 2, that you, could barely, okay. that you could barely understand, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was really great. I'm really looking forward to the to what's to come because like i said in that first episode not a whole lot happens but man it it just felt like good television which is something that i you know i haven't felt in a netflix superhero show in a bit well so um looking forward to the rest of it okay good so it's been 18 months since daredevil season two uh in that time um we've gained other shows we had to team up and and we've lost a, a show um, so I'm I'm definitely really excited to get back to something you know familiar uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and something like that. Um, friend uh, of the show Brian Smith, he uh, said um, that you better hurry up and go buy all the turpentine you can because <laughs> you're going to be glued to your seat when you start oh, watching the show. What a review! He's really going for the headline there. Yeah, yeah well, we like we always, uh, despite how much I loathe watching Iron Man two, Justin <laughs> Hammers line when he says uh, you know uh, the printers are about to run out of ink because we're gonna make headlines kind of <laughs> like that joke is always one of our been our long-running jokes so um i'm, I'm really excited to watch your devil myself um i i do have a means to watch it so for That's those right because you cancel your netflix subscription exactly and because i canceled my netflix subscription we have to talk about this next topic because i am the reason this happened mike yeah single-handedly this is it. Uh, Luke Cage um, is officially canceled on Netflix as well. Uh, you were the straw that broke the camel's back. They just needed one more tick in their analytics to cancel it, and it was you, man. Yeah. So um, not only in 18 months of, uh, from Daredevil have we had Jessica Jones Season 2, Defenders, Iron Fist Season 1, Iron Fist Season 2. I'm pretty sure we had Luke Cage Season 1 and 2 as well. Uh, but we've also lost those shows just in in, in time before Daredevil so came back. So did did we when we recorded the show last week was Iron Fist canceled at that point in time yes. too? Iron Fist was canceled okay. officially um, two Fridays ago uh, from us, and then this one uh, Luke Cage was canceled this Friday. Gotcha. Now Iron Fist, we know why, why Iron Fist was canceled. That show sucked. Uh, <laughs> it was not getting hits. People weren't watching. They, they shortened the second season to ten episodes. Like it was just, it was just too little, too late. They couldn't recover. Yeah, and, and a lot of people have said season two was an improvement over one uh-huh. in the Defenders. Again, too little, too late. Like Mike said, Luke Cage. Apparently, there's a, been a ton of pre-production woes on season three. Like they've had a writers' room. Um, the showrunner, um, uh, I think, what was his name? Chio Coker, I believe it was. Um, he, like they were working on this show, but there's been a, like they Netflix was not happy with any of the scripts that were being turned in. Um, mm-hmm. It was going slow, so they just decided to go ahead and just can it um, because of all this stuff. Not not because Luke Cage didn't get those numbers or have the audience. Um, I'm sure that probably didn't help either. But um, but there has been some confusion. I'm like you know last week. I'm pretty sure you you mentioned you know hey is Marvel like slowly choking these shows out of Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, both Marvel and Netflix have confirmed this week before Luke Cage was canceled that they are in fact Netflix's own shows to cancel. Marvel mm-hmm. can't cancel them unless Netflix says so. So yeah, I I would assume it's it's some sort of lighter version of the contracts that they have done in the past. 
you know, with their rights of like Spider-Man over at Sony. Uh, obviously, yeah. I'm sure that they've learned from their mistakes that, you know, nobody thought back in the day that uh, giving the rights of Spider-Man over to Sony with um, with like basically in per- perpetuity, as long as you keep making them, you can hold on to Spider-Man. They're probably not doing that anymore. Yeah. I bet that there's some sort of clauses in the contracts at Netflix where it's just like, well, yeah, you can keep making them as long as you want or for the next 20 years. But, you know, if we if we pay you a penalty of like, I don't know, $15 million, we can get all these characters back and you're nothing you can do about it. I'm sure there's clauses like that in the contract because Disney and Marvel, they're not going to make that same mistake over again. They want to keep control of their IP. So it's interesting to know that, you know, even after all of this, they can still do what they want with Netflix, you know? Yeah. And, and, and Netflix, I mean, uh, the rumor is here is that everyone wants them to be a heroes for hire show. And, and there is mm. nothing saying they can't do that, but there's also nothing saying they will do this. Uh, yeah. It, and, and heroes for a hire is the, is the team up between iron fist and Luke Cage. Right? Yeah. And everyone, I, from what I guess you watched Luke Cage season two, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it, spoilers, but there is an iron fist episode in that. It's uh, not very good. Actually. It's not that good. Yeah. So that episode is not. Yeah. So the thing is like, if they're going to do this, I mean, we, we love our team up movies. Thor Ragnarok works because the Hulk is in it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the team up the Avengers movies. Always solid. Civil War. Um, you know, even Winter Soldier is a team-up movie for, for superheroes. Um, there's no reason this can't work, but, I mean, maybe if they take the, the cost that Iron Fist and Luke Cage was going to... Like, they already put the money aside for Luke Cage. Uh-huh. Maybe if they pull that back in and just do this Heroes for Hire show instead of it, maybe that's the way it would work since yeah. they've already budgeted it. Now, yeah. will it happen... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the the thing that confuses me about all of this is um, I don't understand Netflix's decision to announce the cancellation of the shows. Of course, if they have total control over whether a show gets canceled, you know, or whether they make more seasons, why would why would you announce to the public that you're canceling Luke <laughs> Cage two weeks after Iron a Fist? A week, one, on the, one week actually. Yeah, on the weekend, Daredevil comes out. It just seems like it's not good press. Like, why would you kind of over? Uh, cautiously overshadow your you know premiere of one of your top tier superheroes daredevil with the news that you're canning these other shows and i mean like yeah they could have all this plans for hero for hire but you know just like the casual watcher of these netflix shows don't know what heroes for hire is they don't know that you know luke cage and uh, iron fist like casually like team up in the comic Mm -hmm. books they don't they don't know these things so uh, I would imagine that people are just going to be like, oh, I guess these Netflix shows are on the rocks. You know, maybe I don't need to watch uh, this new season of Daredevil if he's not going to be around for another season. So I think that's one thing that would be kind well, of uh, what worrisome. I, well, what I think is well, you brought up a good point. Well, what if it, this is a marketing ploy, Mike? What if it is to get everyone riled up that these shows are canceled and then say, well, hold oh, on, I we're going to put them I, together. We brought them back. Yay, we saved them. I didn't think about that. I mean, and they did say when they canceled uh, Iron Fist, they said that the character would still be around, yeah. just not the show. So obviously they have more plans for Finn Jones. The only thing that I would be confused about is both Luke Cage Season 2 and Iron Fist Season 2 ended in a way that I I think maybe they could team up. But Luke Cage almost kind of ends Season 2 where he's in more of an adversarial role to the police. I don't want to say he's technically turning into a villain, but he kind of takes like this hard line at the end of season two. And you're really curious kind of if how much of a hero he's going to be in season three. So maybe they could kind of pitch like a iron fist versus Luke cage, mm-hmm. maybe for like five episodes. Well, and then the back half of the season, they get together. Maybe. I think maybe you're more concerned about continuity than they are. Um, did you see the defenders? Um, <laughs> they, they really don't care how they team up as long as they team up, but they could well, early yeah, on but, be enemies and then they, they fight for a minute and yeah. then they're pals. So, I mean, it, at least that they were, they had a, a little bit of a plan to build up to the defenders, but with iron fist and Luke cage, they're in like two different worlds. Luke cage is super rooted in, um, Harlem and iron fist is just shrouded in this mysticism and Chinatown and, you know, um, worrying about all this magic of dragons and uh, adding chi to 
pistols and swords and stuff. It just seems weird. I don't know exactly how they come together yeah. again because like uh, like Luke Cage just doesn't really seem to care to fight for New York. It's almost just like, well, Iron Fist is going to have to walk over and I don't know, rent an apartment in uh, Harlem to kind of join his well, auto there, store. There, it, I mean, there, there could there could be some some way to do that. They I can I if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. I I trust them to figure out a way to do it. I would probably watch a Heroes for Hire show, Hire show more than I would watch a season three of either of these. Mm-hmm. Um, judging by how my watching habits of their season twos, which are pretty much non-existent. Um, so I, 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 if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. But I mean, I, I agree with you. You don't. No one announces a cancellation of a show this soon after a show comes out. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Iron. Other than the fact, if it's if it is canceled and they're not doing anything, this gives Netflix the chance to control that conversation. Because if Netflix canceled it, Marvel could come out and say, "Well, Netflix canceled our shows. What up? Come come yeah. to our streaming come to our streaming service where we're not canceling shows on Disney." And there's always the theory that somebody forced their hand. Maybe somebody knew the news, and you know they're going to run to the Hollywood Reporter, and they were just going to let it leak out, and then they would have that. So maybe they just want to get in front of that. But at the same time, again, I, I think you, you made me think of a, a good point here. They're doing it as a promotional thing because the Luke Cage. Um, cancellation says always forward, like um, Pops used to say in the show. So if it's always forward and his story's not over, maybe they, maybe they, this is leading up to a two one or two week scenario where they yeah. announce the heroes for hires coming because they're they're kind of they they need to. I think Punisher's finished and then Jessica Jones season three is filming maybe. So uh-huh. um, you know what's what's next? Is Daredevil gonna get a season four? I mean, I always imagine Marvel stuff with trilogies, not, you know, four pieces, but this is TV and we've never had a season four. And yeah, and it's safe to say once the Disney streaming service is up and running, I don't think Disney is going to throw them bones anymore. I don't think they're going to actively try to get in their way and sabotage them, but, you know, if they want to, I know this is not going to happen, but maybe they want like, I don't know, uh, uh, Dr. Doom to be in one of these seasons, obviously they're going to be like, no, we're not going to give you any cool villains ever. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just going to have to find a way to make it work, you know. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Stiltman. We'll Stiltman. Season 4 villain <laughs> Daredevil. That's what we're going to get. But yeah, Heroes for Hire could be on the potential, but I single-handedly canceled Netflix, people. I am very sorry. Did not mean to Ugh, do that. Blame Chris. Blame me. Uh, Marvel Studios uh, has also removed a movie from their schedule. This is a first. Uh, well, not first. They removed Inhumans. And, <laughs> and that, but someone else took that spot. But this, they removed a whole date from their calendar. There's no movie attached to this, but they removed a whole date from their calendar on July 31st, uh, 2020. I believe it is. So uh-huh. um, they we are right now. We are only looking at one Mar- or two Marvel movies in 2020, Mike. And I am mad. I am mad about this. I don't want two Marvel movies. I want three. Um, yeah, we're trying to run a podcast here. How are we going to get news with one less movie in a year? Yeah. So, but also, like you know, we we were under the assumption these Marvel these unannounced Marvel movies can be shifted around at any given point in time, Mike. Um, mm. But apparently not. Apparently, these already have movies attached to them, and we're just waiting to hear what they are after Avengers 4. I like I like the idea that once this date was removed, every other studio in town was just like, run, 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 get that date as soon as you can. Marvel's not putting a movie out there anymore. July 31st <laughs> is a weird date to put a movie, though, if I was going to be honest. Um, that's like the end of summer, and I'm not... Guardians I would say, 1 did it. I would it, say but... it, it's like the end of like premiere, like really primo summer. Like you want to get in like uh, June. May, June, July. Like once you start to get into August and October, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. it's a little rough. It, it is. And, and you know, they already have a May slot, and I believe they have a November slot that year as well. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up our Superhero Slate upcoming movie release page that has yeah, already been ju- updated to reflect all these Netflix and Marvel changes, by the way. Yeah. Mike, <laughs> nice. Yeah, late July always kind of feels like the Mission Impossible yeah. type of date to me. Yeah, yeah. Something that's going to be good, but not necessarily, like, break records. Yeah, or, like, maybe, like, James Bond or something like that. That kind of feels like what usually comes out in late July. Yeah, so right now in 2020 uh, on our Marvel or on our movie release, we have Birds of Prey, which I think is a confirmed. Cyborg, mm. which will not be happening. <laughs> Gambit, which will probably not be happening. Uh, May 1st is Marvel. June has two DC movies for some reason. Um, Fox had a couple slots in 2020. Now, if I took these off our release date, but 
if Fox is being purchased by Disney, maybe these yeah, stocks are, will open open back up. For that's a, those are Disney dates now, people. <laughs> yeah, so June and October potentially for uh, movie Marvel Studio dates. But we also have November. So May and November, uh, that's a long stretch between movies. I don't like it one bit. I, I don't like this one bit. Uh, rumor is, hot rumor is, probably true. That's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3's date is what that was. Oh, maybe. But also, you got to remember, the Disney streaming service will be up and running by 2020. So maybe in July, maybe they'll be dropping like some some hot original series or movies. You know, they did plan movies for that streaming service. So, Chris, maybe you can get some of your fill there. I want, I want the theater, man. I really just want the theater experience. You can get that. What if that Loki show comes... 2020. Well, then I'm going to go rent one of the theaters and just stream my Disney <laughs> streaming service to it so I can watch this. Yeah, there you go. But with Guardians 3 um, being moved and in and, and, and limbo, yeah, I could totally see that being it. Because September or August was the first uh, Guardians movie. Um, so that, that worked out well for it. Now, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, we've got some news on this as well. Um, Marvel is looking for a female director to pick up uh, where, okay. where James Gunn left off. I don't care who they hire as long as they're good. Uh-huh. Um, so f- for me, if it's a female, male, I don't care. It does not make any difference to me, Mike. Does it you? As long as it's good? I mean, I think everybody was kind of hoping it would be Taika just because it feels like he has a similar sense of humor. Uh-huh. Obviously, the movie he did before this, Thor Ragnarok, had the cosmic feel to it. And also, like, you know, you brought in Taika on the third Thor movie when, when there's a chance we might not get another Thor movie. So it just seems like they would want him to stay in the Marvel Universe. Or I guess maybe on a periphery, he could maybe do, like, a Disney well, movie. I, uh, but, yeah, I think uh, Taika would have been a good fit. But, you know, if they're still looking, you know, if it's if it's got to be somebody else, I guess maybe Taika didn't want to. Well, I mean, it, it, maybe he gets his own movie now because he did pick up at the end of something. Maybe he's not here to clean up everybody's messes yeah, anymore. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Like, like, what if they give him something that he wants? Give to him, do? give him Nova. I want that Nova movie. I mean, he, he's also doing um, one of the Star Wars episodes, one of those hour long episodes, which is like doing oh, a movie. Oh yeah, he is. He is directing one of those. So, I mean, I think he's got his own. Like, he's got his own ticket now to write his own way. Uh, he doesn't have to be the clean, the fixer of of the stuff anymore. So, uh, I yeah, I wouldn't put him. I'd put someone new on it. Um, yeah, Disney better lock him up somewhere, or Warner Brothers will just poach him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, production for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three has been delayed till 2021. Uh, presumably, Man, we're gonna have we're gonna have quite a gap, aren't we? Yeah, for that, I think it's like five or six years. Is that that what that would be if it came out in like 2022, maybe? Uh, which is the longest between Marvel sequels at this point in time. So it'd be a little rough, uh, but I think we can survive. And the working title for this movie has been really really uh, released as the title Hot Christmas. <laughs> um, what does that mean? I don't know, but I like I like it though. If, it makes me it, all of this kind of makes me wonder um, if the last time we're going to see the Guardians might be next year in 2019 for Avengers. Uh, yeah, and that'll be a while until we get an official Guardians movie. I guess it gives a lot of time for uh, Adam Warlock to like power up and get ready. You he's know? gonna hatch from his little cocoon. Yeah, he'll have a yeah. little. If they use him, I don't know. They could go anywhere. Um, I just think uh, Marvel's probably gonna rethink a lot of their movie release dates and how they're gonna work forward since James Gunn was kind of gonna run the cosmic side of things for Marvel, or at least plan it out. So. Um, I expect there's some changes going back there. And, and uh... Taika Waititi, Fantastic Four. I think that could work. I think in order to kind of portray those somewhat goofy powers on screen, maybe somebody that's a little self-referential with them, maybe that could work. Like, funnier than the family movies from the 2000s, but like not as stupid and serious as the 2014 one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just like, you can't put a guy with stretchy powers uh, on screen and take it seriously. So, yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. I, I actually, now that I think about it, since he hasn't been attached to a Marvel movie, I'm starting to get the feeling that maybe he will just do like a random Disney film well, or something. Maybe he'll be outside the, of the purview The thing of is, Marvel. the problem with that logic is Marvel hasn't announced anything other than Spider-Man after Avengers 4. That's true. We might get one of those D-Days coming up soon where they just announce, like, the next 10 years of our lives. Yeah, so, like, he could be working on one of the movies that we don't know about because they've got a lot on their plate, and I think they're going to be having more as they move yeah. along. You know so. you know what? I'll reach out to Feige. I'll send him a copy of our logo if, so he can put the Superhero Slate logo on his timeline because, uh, uh, sorry, guys out there, but if they don't if they don't keep making these movies, we don't have any material for the podcast. Oh, well, so we can... if the... If Phase 4 and 5 gets announced, the next 10 years of Superhero Slate gets announced. Yeah, confirmed. <laughs> right here, right now. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's fine. So Avengers 4 is coming on the horizon, though. I'm very excited uh-huh. about Avengers 4, Mike, uh, as is probably most of the internet. Even Marvel put out um, a thing that says Waiting for the Avengers 4 trailer, uh, and it's that, that image at the end of Civil War Vision uh, in his like little sweater, like just tapping <laughs> his fingers. Um, so that was interesting. So there are leaked slash rumored trailer descriptions all over the internet. They're all different. Uh, they're all I avoided them all. They're all like, all. hey, some people are like this one seems real, and some people are like this one seems real. And I'm like, I've re- I've read them all just because I want them all to be so wrong, and be so- <laughs> I want to be so surprised. So I don't think any of them right since they're all conflicting. But mm-hmm. according to someone right now in the production side of it, the trailer is in DMR digital media remastering for a release in theaters. Mm, that's where they're they're fitting in all the all of the uh, curveballs for us. They're putting a bunch of uh, hulks running yeah. around in the background that we won't get in the actual movie. Yep. They got to render all those hulks, man. Or or, or like I said, that's in the uh, that's in the sequel. We just don't know it yet. That, that shot from. <laughs> yeah. from that trailer's in three. So, yeah, we know they, they're doing fake things. I think um, part of this is also making it fit the IMAX screen size and all the other screen sizes appropriately. Um, mm. So they're, they're doing that right now. So um, the presumed release dates are, in fact, thought to be either November 21st, the 28th, okay. or December 12th on Good Morning America. I don't think Good Morning America is the right place to drop it. This is like a huge monumental trailer. I think you got to maybe not attach it to a morning show. Well, but so at would, the same you time, if you on Jimmy Kimmel. Well, that's the thing I was going to say. If you attach it to an evening show, then you miss like the whole day cycle. Yeah, I guess maybe Good Morning America makes uh, strategical sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, Where do you? Uh, this almost seems like something that you hype. Like maybe you attach it to like a premiere of like a television show. Like I think they did that with um, one of the epi- one of the early episodes of the first season of Agents of Shield. I think they yeah. attached a trailer to it, and people were all excited for that. But at the same time, this is probably going to be like maybe two minutes long, so that takes up the whole commercial slot. There's a lot of there's a lot going on here. What what is the date of Thanksgiving here in the United States? It is, that it is the twenty third or twenty fourth. Okay. See, we had a similar conversation. I feel like two years ago with a trailer where we're like, they're not going to put out a trailer a couple days before the holidays because it's cannibalizing all of that hype that they could have the following days of going into a holiday. But then I think you were the one that said, or people can watch the trailer and go home and talk about it with their families. So we were trying to analyze all this. And I think it came out like maybe a week before Thanksgiving anyway. So it didn't even matter. Um, But if I had to guess maybe the 28th, Possibly, okay. Uh, kind of. I'm gonna. Yeah, that's where I'm gonna put my money on the 28th. Kind of after the holiday, but just before <laughs> December rolls around and everybody starts uh, hyping up like Aquaman and stuff like that. So I'm going to actually go the other way and do the 21st. Um, I say this because I think we're gonna get a Far From Home trailer attached to Into the Spider Verse in December. Oh, that's a good point. And Infinity War needs to get away from that trailer um, by at least a month. Uh, which would and be the Infinity War, the context of that first trailer could explain some of the woes we've been trying to figure out when it comes to how do you market Spider-Man that comes out a month after Infinity War when theoretically he's dead. So maybe they'll show Spider-Man coming back to life since we all know he's going to come back to life anyway. So maybe they'll put that in the trailer just to get people hyped. So when you see him in his own trailer a month later, it makes a little bit more sense and people aren't just like, but I thought he was dead. It's like, no, yeah. watch the other trailer idiot <laughs> yeah so and, and both of those are gonna be in the theater together at the same time so it, mm-hmm. it's inevitable we were gonna see spider-man in both so i like the theory though i, I like what you're putting together there. so i i think i think the 21st that also is that is the day before thanksgiving good morning america does give the day time to talk about it and uh i think good morning america is better at keeping secrets in jimmy kimmel because they pre-record a lot of that so um when we'll talk about the next thing here so um uh, this I, I just think I think Good Morning America on the twenty first is my guess. Uh, hopefully, right. it is way before then. I would like it to yeah. be like now, like yeah. right now. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll we'll probably be talking about this next week, Mike. How wrong we were. Hopefully, so. But Spider Man Far From Home on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, Tom Holland came out on a new suit in this to celebrate the wrapping of filming of this movie. Yeah. Um, so he, and it was the same suit we talked about last week, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, they all knew this suit was being photographed by people. Tom Holland put this on his Instagram, I think, a day after all that other paparazzi shots. And now he's here on Jimmy uh-huh. Kimmel showing off the subtle differences between his suit and um, the one from the last time. Uh, again, the, the funny thing is that Tom Holland's loose lips sink ships at Marvel. 
but I think they're just playing that up that aspect at this point. Like, oh, mm-hmm. he's notorious for leaking things or or, or say, spoiling things. But I think that they're just leaning into it. They're just having fun and playing with it. But um, I, I think um, you know, just seeing the suit. You know, we saw it last week. We don't need to see it up close. Uh, it's a darker, darker blue on the on the arms and the legs, and got the white accents around the spider. Looks good. I mean, I think it's good. Uh, it's hard to believe this movie's been filming for like three months, though. I, it feels like it just started yesterday. Yeah. yeah, isn't it weird that we've seen like we've seen like a fair chunk of uh, what could be happening in this movie from getting shots of Mysterio from telephoto lenses, seeing multiple Spider-Man suits, and we haven't seen a freaking thing for Avengers uh, Four mm-hmm. yet. I I guess maybe those shots from a couple years ago that I think are still faked, uh, possibly. So yeah, it's kind of crazy that they've been able to keep that on lockdown. So yeah, Whew. yeah, it's uh, well, I, th- I think it also goes into like, you know, how much time and money do you want, do you need to spend on an Avengers um, sequel that's you know sp- spanning ten years um, and and multiple scripts. And then ultimately a a Spider Man movie. Uh, the yeah, they, pro- movie. they probably hired like ex CIA and like um, KGB and FBI agents to protect the I, set for Avengers Four. I would love to have been the person who's handed pieces of the Avengers Four script and said, "Write scenes that are fake to fit these in together, <laughs> uh, and just have have fun with it. Don't make it real." Uh, yeah, we're gonna give you your first screenwriting job right now, sir. Oh, really? What what do I have to do? We need you to write something that's never gonna be filmed, just in case it gets yeah. leaked. Here, uh, here's really? the scene before and after it. Make one in between that no one will yeah. guess. So, Here's ten thousand dollars. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't tell a word. Uh, it's time for our weekly Spider-Man PS4 update, yeah, Mike. Yeah, um, Spidey. So what I want to talk about is the new game plus mode update has been added this week, uh, meaning you can replay the game from the beginning with all your suits and and gear and upgrades unlocked. Uh, and they have a new, I think, ultimate difficulty, uh, which is like the Ooh. highest difficulty possible. I've seen a lot of people play with. Um, uh, I think it's the very last suit you unlocked. It's very. I mean, I, suits don't matter. They don't matter, Mike. It's just Spider-Man in his mask and his underwear, and like he's <laughs> yeah, like. I've, I've seen that one floating around. Yeah, online. and like they're watching like the whole thing and taking the picture mode and like making goofy pictures out of it, playing the whole game in that suit, which is the quote unquote suit, which is really funny. Uh, but also the DLC for it comes out this week. The first part of the City That Never Sleeps release this releases this coming week, Mike. So I'm very excited to dive back into Spider-Man again after being out for about a month now. So where are yeah, you? At? I just made it. I just made it to uh, Rikers Island. Okay. Uh, so I th- I think I'm about. Uh, three quarters of the way through the game if I remember the last percentage marker that it gave me. So I'm getting close to the end there. Um, they, there was a really cool point in the, in the game where um, you kind of get to do this tandem where you're kind of you're playing as Mary Jane, but then also a Spider-Man is in the is in the area as well, and you're kind of working together. Whereas before that, you just kind of did these these small sneaking missions as Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. If I had to give any advice to those mini Mary Jane moments, is don't take them too seriously. You know, you really don't have to try that much at sneaking. You like, I just basically crammed forward on the stick, and I just like blew through a lot of it. You know, I would say those parts of the game are probably not my favorite. I'm just like, oh man, I gotta play as Mary Jane again. But the third time I got to do it was pretty cool because, you know, Spider-Man's up on the ceiling and you're telling him to do things and help you out. So that was a good kind of coalesce of the two events. But hopefully there's no more Mary Jane games out there. So, uh, yeah, just not that fun when you do that. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to to hear what you think as you get closer. And I'm going to dive into the DLC um, probably a little bit this week in my downtime. Like I said, with New Game Plus mode out, I'm going to start recording my experience from the start um, with all the stuff unlocked and... Uh, if anybody has any requests or wants to see anything, just let me know. I'll, I'll make sure to throw it in there, Mike. That's cool. for sure. Venom uh, keeps raking, raking in money at the box office. Uh, I think I think Halloween is going to take over um, Venom, finally. Yeah, that one is doing surprisingly well at the box office. It's kind of getting a little bit of those uh, kind of it dollars when that came through and uh, uh, started breaking records. I don't think it's going to do quite as well as it, Pennywise the Clown. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, getting that Halloween money and uh, Venom. Uh, I think might be a little overshadowed. Yeah, so I mean, people thought Halloween would overtake Venom's box office total. They're only off by three million right now. Um, mm-hmm. So Halloween is is coming in strong, um, you know, in that regard. And I think is it R rated? Uh, yes, it is. It is an R rated movie. But it's had how many movies? Like there's like what eight Halloween movies in the total <laughs> franchise? I think. Uh, yeah, uh, and that's but this is a this is one of those Mike movies Mike likes the Blumhouse productions, um, the low budget films that that 
the, the little movies that could, Mike. So, um, <laughs> but I guess that's also a stick to um, Venom saying R-rated movies couldn't make uh, almost eighty million opening weekend. Mm-hmm. However, Venom does have one thing for it that Halloween will not have for it, Mike, and that is a Chinese release this November. Ooh, I, I'm curious how this is going to vibe with that audience over there. They, I think they like goo monsters. I think they'll get on board. Yeah, uh, if you get any release in China, that's a big win. Uh, they only mm-hmm. allow so many imported movies, uh, I think, a year, and um, for and they don't allow hard-rated films either. So um, by Venom going in and, and taking the PG-13 approach, whether we agree with it or not, they're at least ensuring some of those dollars... Um, coming back on them. Uh, yeah. so I do I, I do try to keep up with the kind of the worldwide box office, and I don't always remember the movies that are up there, but I think right now there is a movie, a Chinese movie in China that's doing really well. So uh, Venom might have to compete with kind of a, something on its own home turf, so we'll see We'll see how well it does. I mean, I, I didn't really like the movie, so I don't really care either way, but it is kind of interesting to see what happens when an American film lands in China. Yeah, yeah, I'm pulling up here... Um... The number one movie this uh, month in China is Project Gutenberg. Is that the one? You yeah, were about? yeah. It has like Chow Yun Fat in it, I think. Yeah, uh, it did really good its opening weekend, the first of October, but it's gone down about fifty percent. So uh, we'll we'll see if that holds up. Um, I mean, just to show this, I mean, Ant Man and the Wasp did really good over there. Jurassic World made a lot of money. Um, I don't want to even talk about how much money Avengers made both weekends uh, <laughs> by a long shot. So, I mean, anything you get over there, if you can get in over there, you're doing great. So, um, uh, go good good job, Venom, for doing that, I guess. Hellboy had a leaked trailer this week that Mike won't watch. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you this, uh, the quality is really good. It's ver- They filmed it vertical, but um, I, I've got to say I am... I'm interested in this movie, Mike. Uh, I think right. I think the visuals are very different than the other one. Uh, I, I will tell you on the poster, you get to see the sword and you get to see his big horns and crown, like we saw from the poster. So we we get to see that. Um, I would also say you don't see much of the uh, the the main villain, uh, Mila Jovovich's character, mm-hmm. but um, the uh, the rest of it, the other characters and what they're kind of going going into and fighting against are really cool. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be, you know, better or worse than the last ones at this point. It looks like it's pretty on par, but David Harbour as Hellboy is really awesome to watch. So if you thought Ron Perlman was the definitive Hellboy, I think you're going to be surprised at how good David Harbour is. Uh, in this and role. it seems like we should be getting this trailer soon. Uh, I wonder if they want to capitalize on the holiday of Halloween since the movie is called Hellboy. Uh-huh. So there's a chance maybe we'll see it this week. But also Halloween is on a weekday the following week. Uh-huh. So maybe they might do it then. But if, if the trailer's leaking, we'll be all be able to see it soon because we had the same thing happen with Dark Phoenix. Now, I don't want to watch the leaked trailer just because this is something that I, I'm, I'm actually excited yeah. for. So I'd like to see it in high quality. Yeah, when the Dark Phoenix trailer leaked, I was like, yeah, I'll watch that. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it, it might have been better in the lower resolution quality, actually, by the time we were done with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, Hellboy is on its way. I, I cannot wait to to share this and talk about this trailer in full with you, Mike, and for everyone else to see it. But they've taken it offline, so if you can find it, good luck. If not, just message me, and I will give you the hookup. So, Mike, Justice League. It was a movie. It happened. Um, <laughs> we, you've got some notes in here. I've got some notes in here. I'll let you kick off our Justice League section for the day. Yeah, so this was a bit of news that I actually found very interesting because I like talking about stuff that revolves a little bit about rumors and speculation because if we're just like reporting the facts, where's all, where's all the entertainment there? So uh, Ray Fisher, the actor who uh, played Cyborg in the Justice League and briefly in an email attachment in Batman vs. Superman, mm-hmm. uh, showed up at something called Heroes and Villains Fan Fest, which is wasn't a convention I'm familiar with, but I think it travels around um, cities, and I think this was in New Jersey, if I remember recall right and I guess he sat down with some sort of a journalistic outlet and he started talking about what he knew Snyder uh, vision that he had for the movies going forward and I guess Snyder had a um, trilogy planned and he also had a bunch of stuff shot where he said he Ray Fisher was like he probably could have cut together a whole other movie with all the stuff that he shot so uh, yeah Snyder was out there putting in work for sure yeah um, so I mean 
he he's on that what's that social media app he's on is it Vero or something like that he's like very active on that he's he he is he the only one on there <laughs> someone must be paying him to post on that uh, i think i think it's just less there's less um i guess vitriol on Vero than, than there's like I, everywhere th- else there's only less vitriol just because there's less users. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, so he can go out there and post it and not get enough feedback. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, he, he did uh, shoot enough footage for two just – I mean, we saw what they, – they filmed, like, a football scene, um, like Gotham versus uh, Metropolis, and they didn't use any of that mm-hmm. footage. All of Cyborg's, like, origins, uh, stuff in the trailer that we never saw come to light. Uh, it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, we talked a couple weeks ago about how, you know, Warner Brothers is kind of, they're done with Ben Affleck and they're done with Henry Cavill. So, uh, w- what's next? Like, what's, yeah, what's, what's next in, for, for DC and what are they going to do yeah. with that? Yeah, and what's in the mix for Ray Fisher? I mean, I looked up his IMDb recently to see if he was still connected to any movies. And at least on the IMDb website, he's still connected to possibly being in the Flash movie. Uh-huh. There's still, I guess, a Cyborg movie that listed. That obviously doesn't mean that yeah. that's actually going to happen. But uh, he also said that um, Snyder had specific plans for Cyborg moving forward, which I thought was... Um, which I thought was interesting because I, I said when we reviewed Justice League that really they should have just pivoted that movie in the perspective of Cyborg. I mean, you're introducing a brand new character who was literally created by your one of your MacGuffin boxes, so I don't know why you didn't just uh, circle the whole movie around him. And uh, just out of, like, morbid curiosity, since it's streaming for free on HBO, you know, I was just at the office, and I kind of threw it down in the corner, uh, and I just watched a little bit of Justice League, just because, like, you know, when you're working, I kind of want something that I can kind of just listen to and barely have to pay attention to, and I was like, well, there's some flashy special effects in that movie that maybe I want to check back in on, and man, the scene where they first introduced Cyborg is just so silly, because you have this basically an entire cgi character that is kind of introduced in a scene where he's wearing a total like sweatpant tracksuit with a hood up and then they decided to totally cg animate that as well it's just like why didn't you just uh have a normal actor in like a gray sweatsuit and then when he turned around just add the cg uh, graphics card just to his face it was just some weird special effects decisions in that movie well i think uh, i think for sure <laughs> well you have you know snyder and and whedon and then the the uh, producers so i think there's like a lot of different things they're like hey we're gonna go this way and then like hold on maybe we should have done it the way mike just said so let's cgi it on <laughs> Um, yeah, I think a lot of it was like whether it was intentional or not, they could have just been running up against a schedule because the movie was delayed, different directors. They'd probably have been like, we literally can't get Ray Fisher here today to do this scene. We're going to have to throw him in with a computer. Yeah, and, and you know, the whole thing is Cyborg's whole creation, his his origin story is in an email attachment on in Batman <laughs> v Superman. So we missed that whole thing going on here. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot to, to still dive into Justice League of what is, what could have been. But guess what? At the end of the day, Mike, there's no Snyder Cut. There is no yeah. Snyder Cut. There will never be. So, But but the, the I think one of the, the most curious things to pull out of this uh, little interview he did is he said that Snyder had specific plans to kill off Ben Affleck's Batman. And this was a thing that we had been speculating for a while, what happens to Ben Affleck in these movies. I guess if we just would have let these movies run its course, he would have been out of the picture anyway. So I, th- I think this just lends even more credence to if we're not pushing forward with these Justice League movie, it seems like nobody really wants to hold on to Ben Affleck because even Snyder was going to kill him but, off anyway. Maybe not out of malice, I'm sure, for a storytelling device, but it, it seems like at least there was a couple executives and Snyder out there knew that at least within the next decade, they were going to have somebody else taking up the role of Batman or at least holding on to the mantle. If it wasn't Nightwing, maybe somebody else would be in the Bat suit, so... I don't know about that because Snyder likes to kill people and then bring them back uh, for no reason. So. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that is true. But how many times can he really do that? I mean, you can't kill off Superman, bring him back, kill off Batman, then bring Bruce Wayne back. You know? No, you can. He would. He'd do it. <laughs> don't tempt him, man. He was. He was ready. To, he was ready to throw that mother box back into that little goo and bring Batman no, back to life instead. Oh no! This sounds like the All Spark and Transformers all over. Yeah. Right well, I at least understand that one a little bit. <laughs> Aquaman is a DC movie later this year that I'm still looking forward to. I think we're on the up and up on DC movies. And uh, we get our first look at William Defoe as uh, one of the characters on a battle hammerhead shark, man. 
Look at this. Look at that. That's all. That's this is what we wanted in the Justice League movie. Some flipping sharks riding in on a wave, and we didn't get it. Yeah, uh, I think uh, it's really cool. I think his character's name is Volko. Uh, again, we haven't seen anything up close with him, but I mean, look at the, ar- the the armor on this shark looks really cool. Like this is just another day for these people underwater. Uh, again, as uh, co-host Mitch Buckley said, how are they getting all this light under the water? We'll never know, but <laughs> only a, only a photographer would start thinking about the light situation. He's because what he's thinking like if I put on a scuba suit and I went down to Atlantis, I would need to bring a very large flash. Yeah, pretty much, and and he's not wrong. So uh, I don't think we're going to get into the science of Aquaman simply because they're talking <laughs> underwater in this. They're not doing the air bubbles from Justice League, but mm-hmm. uh, I think I think the the the, the tactical sea creatures is going to be an interesting approach coming up in this this movie. So look at that. Now we're going to talk about CEA some TV shows from DC because I'm very I, I'm intrigued by this. I wouldn't say it's going to make me watch them, but the CW Elseworlds crossover has given us a poster and some on-set photos with the Arrow and the Flash trading suits. <laughs> yeah, they like to they like to do some weird stuff in the crossovers. At least l- referencing the one from the previous years. Uh, last year there were uh, uh, Nazi superheroes, yep. uh, which was very poignant for the political uh, climate that we were in just a year ago. Um, and then the year before that, they had like these aliens come to Earth. So yeah. that is one thing I do appreciate about these crossovers is they they're definitely not holding anything back. They're not going light here. And I do like how we don't have to wait until the very end of these of all of these seasons to get into it. They get it like right off the bat. I mean, like we just had all of these first episode of these shows premiered, and we're going to be getting this crossover like pretty soon. So, like, yeah, it, it, it's pretty goofy and wacky that they're going to be doing like a Freaky Friday, but I, I think it'll be. I think it'll be. It'll fun. probably it'll probably look better. I don't think. I think Grant Gustin looks okay in the uh, Green Arrow outfit, but uh, Stephen Amell in the Flash outfit yeah, is yeah. not working for me. Yeah, I don't all. think a I don't think a five o'clock shadow works very well with that suit. I don't know if the Flash at any point in time in the comic books has ever sported facial hair because you think you know somebody that runs super fast. I almost kind of equate it to like a speed swimmer. You know, they shave everything for the least resistance, but. Yeah, he looks really goofy in that suit, but I do I do have some insider connections to the Flash and some of these CW shows, and I have heard that um, that there is going to be a villain in the crossover that's going to be doing kind of this cr- crazy whacking uh, wacky uh, flipping of personalities and egos. And uh, I think they're also going to be introducing a brand new villain in this crossover that's going to be continuing on into the other shows. I think it's possibly the Flash might pick up a new villain for the season in the crossover, which I think is it's, it's pretty cool because I think most of the time people think of these crossovers as like almost like bottle episodes. Like you don't necessarily have to watch them if you're just watching one of the shows. You know, it doesn't affect the other season arcs too much. But I like the idea that maybe it could reverberate so i'm looking forward to it and we get batwoman that's what we want to see batwoman uh well i think it's cool on the first photo of these two uh it, you also can see superman is hanging out in between um the reverse mm-hmm. flat uh, he's not the reverse flash because that's the character <laughs> uh the arrow flash and the flash arrow here so that's really cool to see you know all these people together uh on set here but i think what's very interesting to me is that the uh cw there's a rumor that we'll be picking up a superman show starring tyler hecklin who is the superman from the cw shows oh so that's kind of interesting it makes me wonder if one day we'll ever see like a legit batman tv show i mean uh a a superman tv show could be fun i don't know exactly what you do differently as opposed to Supergirl, just because their power sets are kind of all along the same line, very similar origins, you know? Well, I think I think so, um, but I also think Superman is more, maybe a little more global than Supergirl. Supergirl seems to be, uh-huh. like, focused on her town. Um, but I think this is actually a big thing here, because if CW is getting the green light from DC to do a Superman show, guess what movie's not probably in the pipeline? <laughs> yeah, Superman. that's true. Uh, because I think that happened with... Um, well, they couldn't use Harley Quinn in the show because they had a 
TV or movie coming along, and now they're kind of oh yeah, the yeah because Suicide Squad was coming out, so they just use her like eighty yard voice coming out of an uh, empty cell kind of deal. Yeah, so they're 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 coming back and forth. But what I think is really cool is seeing Tyler Hecklin in actually a black suit Superman outfit uh, that we did not get in Justice League, Mike. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are wanting a black suit. We don't know why he has the black suit. It looks pretty sleek. It looks like a TV suit, of course, uh, but it fits like the Superman of this world and, and, and the universe here. So I think that's really cool to see the black suit Superman and, and maybe figure out why he has this suit yeah. to begin with. The CW just has all the clout now. I mean, they got the eyeballs. They got the revenue. They're selling commercials. And, you know, the, the, the franchises out there on the big screen aren't exactly, I guess, pulling their weight. So they're like, yeah, you can make a Superman show, put him in a black suit. We don't care. We never got around to doing it. I did hear a rumor out there that um, Smallville as a location uh-huh. could be coming back into the C- into the CW universe. Um, I, I don't think the show is necessarily coming back, but I think – the the similar sets and locales maybe that you could remember from the Smallville yeah. t- TV show. I never watched it, so I don't really know what to look for, so, but I have heard that rumor. Well, I saw the photo, actually. Um, Grant Gustin and the crew were at the Smallville house, or the house, the Kent house that they use in Smallville for filming this Elseworlds episode. Now, do I think that <coughs> means Smallville, the show, is crossing over into this? Yeah, maybe not. But I mean, they technically could. I mean, if they're doing this whole Elseworlds, different Earths, maybe Smallville that happened a long time ago in our reality, maybe that was a universe. You know? Well, they, I mean, there's definitely no doubt about that. Now, do I think they're doing that? No, I think that having the same Kent household is just you know, it could be the same house in multiple realities. Uh, is, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. So I don't think they're bringing Smallville into this yet. But they definitely could. I think uh, whoever did the show Lois and Clark, um, the, those actors are like, yeah, we'll come back and do some more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Dean Kane. Dean Kane needs some work. <laughs> yeah, so I, he's in Supergirl, isn't he? I thought he was in Supergirl. I thought he, they brought him back. He, he's a nice guy. My wife has actually met him from some of the jobs that she's done out here, and he's apparently a great guy. Oh, that's cool. That's good. Well, he should be. He's Superman. Uh, the 90s Superman, at least. But on the end note of this, Supergirl is adding a villain later on this season, Mike. Lex Luthor is coming to Supergirl as a villain, uh, actually in how, person. How bald will he be? Are they going to try to gussy him up like millennial style, and maybe they'll give him a, a man bun? Who knows? Oh, I, I, I think they're going to stray very, very far away from the Justice League Batman v Superman uh, <laughs> approach as possible. But with also Lex Luthor coming into Supergirl, could that be a debut into a Superman TV show as well? Is this all so, tying in together somehow? So much in the works, and who knows? Maybe they'll put the Superman show on like the DC Universe app or something, just to kind of get some crossover between audiences. Because I mean, the the CW only has so much room for superhero shows. Uh, what is he going to be like a Saturday Night Show or something? Well, they, like that? if you think of it as they're doing it um, only during debut season, yes. But what if they start adding shows year round? Uh, like in the off season because isn't that kind of how legends of tomorrow works it's not on all the time it's only on sometimes like maybe i'm not sure i mean uh, people don't go on vacations anymore they just want to stay home and watch tv during the summer yeah everyone binges it anyway when it's done but uh if lex luther is uh now coming to supergirl i'm also thinking he's not going to be coming back in the movies anymore either mike uh, that's usually when they let them come back to TV. That means they've given up on them in the movies, or they're doing a billion of them, uh, like the Joker, because the Joker's now <laughs> in just, Gotham. Yeah, and it just doesn't matter. Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's one of the two. It's never in the middle. Lastly, Titans the season two uh, came on Friday. I'm not going to watch it yet. I'm very excited to. Uh, but we've got some comic accurate outfits revealed from a uh, a little preview they were doing for the, for this show. So for those of you who are very butthurt about how the characters like Starfire and Raven look early on. There are reasons in this episode why they don't, but here's a look at a more comic book accurate Starfire for you, Mike, with her purple outfit and orange yeah, hair. I need, I need to check out this show. I haven't seen any of the episodes yet. Uh, I think since there's only eight, I almost feel like I, I can just wait, you know? Uh-huh. I can just wait six more weeks. Um, I guess maybe five more weeks now until they just all come out and maybe I'll just binge them all. Yeah, yeah, there's only been two episodes. So I think it's still six. Uh, but um, Starfire and then the Raven one, um, a little little too much midriff for me, Mike. I feel a little uncomfortable with all the skin. <laughs> uh, but no, she's got the uh, the tattered uh, wings on to kind of look like a, a Raven, I guess, uh, in her full-on goth attire and hoodie, so... I also noticed I don't think she has blue hair in this this picture either. Do you think it's as a pre-blue hair, post-blue hair? Do you think it's going to be gone or they're going to keep it for later? 
You know what? It doesn't matter. Is it CGI? Like... Is the hair CGI? <laughs> if you if you don't like it, all you got to do is just go watch Teen Titans go to the movie. Because man, I still can't. Uh, I follow a couple of the artists on Instagram that worked on that movie, so they've been posting up their kind of like animation progress, like per scenes. Uh, this one guy who kind of worked on the homage to the uh, Lion King, where like the Flash is uh-huh. like eating grass and stuff, which is really funny. So I got to see some of his like animation breakdowns for how he worked out the scene. And uh, this other guy who worked on the <laughs> the scene where Robin was just like, "I'll say my iconic catchphrase of crack an egg on it," yeah. and then he goes, the, "Oh man, it's just so funny revisiting that stuff in my timeline." Man, I love that movie. It was so good. I'm so glad you did. I I. I didn't think you'd ever watch it, and I was very sad. But now that you've watched it and you love it, I feel I feel yeah. justified in my belief in this movie, even though no one yep. else believed in me. So you you just understand me, Chris. You get me. I get you, and I'm glad you get it. I'm glad you did it. And also, Titans is 12 episodes, buddy. Don't sell it short. It's oh, I thought it was only no. Eight. It wow. is. It is. It is 12. I was like, I think eight's kind of short because Doom Patrol's in five. And the episode called Donna Troy is number nine. Are you nine. sure? Where are you getting your news from, sir? Wikipedia. I thought it was much shorter. All right. Well, I can't, Well, anybody can edit that. <laughs> yeah, but it's giving me nine episode titles right here with the release dates. I don't know what you want from me, man. You know, you want, <laughs> here, is it better if I just click on one of these and figure out where they got their information from? Is that going to make yeah, you feel I need better? Yeah, I need you to do your cross-check, uh, fact-checking. I need you to bring in the source, interview them in person. Oh, my gosh. I'm, uh, I'll follow them on social- Instagram and see their breakdown of the scenes. How about that? Well, that makes yeah, you- there you go. Yeah. There you go, buddy. Yeah. Either way, um, there are 12 episodes, so I mean, yeah, we've got a little bit to, to go on this still. Um, yeah, I want to see this because the, the second episode was called Hawk and Dove and introduces to Hawk and Dove, who oh, I know nothing about. Oh, yeah, that's right. I saw I saw that they were uh, being promoted this week on uh, Twitter into their into their episode two. We'll have to see how it goes. If anybody's out there watching Titans, uh, let us know what you think week to week. Yeah, I'm watching it. I think I like it, so whatever. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's our news for this week, Mike. Uh, I think I think we've wrapped it up pretty well here. Nothing, nothing hard hitting out the gate, I, th- I believe. But I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's here. Uh, if people want to know what you're up to and where they can find you, and maybe some of your animation breakdowns, where can they find that at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to keep up with you, see what you're doing out there in the world, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. You can also head over to Comic UI. Getting ready for convention season next year already, Mike. I'm already applying for press stuff. Uh, Ooh, I think get it. I think I think San Diego uh, is coming up. Uh, Ooh, I gotta look into this so I can go again or, or get to go for the <laughs> first time. Uh, very excited uh, about that. So yeah, if people want to know more about our shows, maybe listen to our review of Venom we did last week. Where can people find us at? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. We own that domain name. We put everything out there. So if you want to find out where we uh, host our little podcast, uh, you can get all those links there, and you can get our awesome show notes. So we did talk about some screenshots here. We talked about um, some possibly uh, leaked uh, trailer for Hellboy. If you want to see all of this uh, in our show notes, you can go to SuperheroSlate.com and click on the episode you just listened to and get all of those nice and organized there. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you want merch, you can get that at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. If you're a fan of the show, we love hearing from you. Drop us a comment on YouTube. Uh, shoot us an email. You can tweet at us. You can drop a comment in one of our Instagram posts. We love hearing from you. We want to know what you think about the stuff out there in the world. If you're watching like Titans every week, if you're excited for Aquaman, let us know. And if you want to be a super fan of the show... All you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and join my very simple cult that I'm starting. Uh, We're starting to uh, uh, vote on flavors for Kool-Aid. I know people out there are worried and curious what flavors are going to be. Don't worry. This is an all-inclusive type deal. I'm going to have all types of drinks that I'm going to slip stuff into. There's going to be sugar-free, if you like aspartame, if you like uh, Splenda, if you like real sugar, cane sugar, high fructose corn syrup. I'm going to have you covered. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. That's all on my end. All I need you to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and I will save your soul every week. I think I'm going to go with grape and lemonade because that's our colors for <laughs> right. the show. So, all right. But, uh, you know, you can tell me I'm wrong. It's fine. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, I guess we'll catch you guys uh, next week with more comic book superhero news. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. 
I watched Child's Play for the first time yesterday. What do you think? 